You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am fully enamored by AJR's new album, The Maybe Man. And it opens up with the title track, Maybe Man. And in this song, he starts singing about the things that he wishes he was. But then by the time he gets to the end of that particular block of lyrics, he realizes he doesn't really want to be those things. And he opens up with wishing he was a stone. Um, Then he moves on to wishing he was eyes in the back of his head, wishing he was a dog, wishing he was an actor, uh, wishing his brain would triple in size. And ultimately, it finishes with him saying wishes he was God until he realizes that's definitely not something he wishes he was. And then he just wishes he was himself and would just be comfortable being him and you would accept him for who he is. and, And that's just the way that it would roll. The interesting line in this song and I think my favorite one, the one that I gravitated towards the quickest was, um, I wish I was cocaine in a bottle of Jack. I would get invited to every frat. But when you are old and your good days have passed, you'll only want me when you're sad. It sounded very familiar because in my 20s, in parts of my 30s, you know, cocaine and Jack was definitely the life of my party. and. I was invited everywhere and certainly enjoyed many a frat party messing around with both of those things. And as I got older, whether I believe my good days were past or not is beyond the point of what I'm getting ready to talk upon is that you'll only want me when you're sad. And I think that particular lyric speaks to me because that's where a lot of people towards the end of their addiction find themselves that instead of it being a blast and being the life of the party and it being so joyful that it's isolating and that it's sad and that it's no longer the medicine we thought it was. It's full-on poison and it's just not working for us anymore. And then as I'm thinking about this song, and I've been listening to it so many times, it jumped up to the top of my Spotify um, on repeat list. Um, I started noticing what was going on with some of my emotions around something that you wouldn't think I would have very many emotions around. And I'll explain it like this. Let me get up. I'm sitting down and I feel like I need to start pacing back and forth for this. I have been practicing sitting down and doing these podcasts because a part of me wants to start shooting them uh, for YouTube. And I usually pace back and forth. And so uh, one of my clients... Uh, is also really good at doing online stuff, and he's been encouraging me to perhaps move these things over to YouTube. Still doing them as a podcast, but also having a live video version. So anyways, that's a complete weird sidebar, but I've been sitting down a lot for these over the last week or so, practicing sitting down, because normally I would pace back and forth in like a six to eight foot area and do these. And I get very lively and jump up and down and make a lot of funny faces. And I'd like to bring that to YouTube and we'll see. So I'm out of my chair and I'm pacing back and forth now. And something that, so slow it down, Jess, focus in for a second. So this Maybe Man song, I've listened to it hundreds of times. I've worn it out of the 5.182755 million times that this has been played. I am at least 200, 250 of those. 
And so it's, it's causing this emotional stir in me because how many of us have wished we were something else, somebody else, just to find that none of those things would actually bring us the enjoyment that we seek as much as just being comfortable being who we are. So there's emotion coming from this song that I'm feeling simultaneously about three or four days ago. I finished watching The Travelers and The Good Place on Netflix. And I've mentioned them a couple times. In fact, I think I talked about both of them extensively in one episode because um, The Good Place talked about principles aren't principles if you only choose when to practice them. And then with The Travelers, I don't remember why I brought that one up, but I do remember bringing it up. So I digress. Let's move on. Thank you for sitting through that two and a half minutes of blabbering. When both shows finished, I noticed within me a sadness that they were done. And this is the second time I've gone through both of them. But it's like, I really enjoyed them. I got very involved in the character development. I got very involved in the storyline, especially The Good Place. It's just a really good show, and I was really enjoying it. Now it's done. And when they first finished, I tried to go back and start watching some of my favorite episodes from them, but it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like that's what I needed. So then I started trying to find other shows that I might be interested in. And in the last three or four days, I've probably started 10 or 15 shows and not even made it 20 minutes in. In in some cases, I haven't even made it through the first two or three minutes. I'm just not feeling it. So then I started randomly going back to movies that I have liked in the past or have been interested in watching. And I start watching them in 30 minute increments. Now, to be clear, I don't watch a lot of TV. It's generally from around 1, 1 1.30 in the morning till about 2.33 in the morning. That's generally my TV watching time right before bed after I'm done working. So I get a very short amount of time to watch TV. So when I do choose a show to watch, I want to make sure that it's something that I am going to enjoy. And right now I'm finding that I'm just not in the mood to start up anything new because I'm still a bit sad about the other two being done, the travelers in the good place. It's like I'm mourning the end of them. Now, what the fuck am I talking about? Let's, Let's bring this all together now. So we've got the maybe man talking about how he wishes he was something else, but when he comes to the realization that he doesn't want to be anything but himself, and he just wants to be accepted for who he is. And we bring in this idea that I got very attached to these shows, and then when they ended, I tried to fill the void that they left by turning over to a different show and finding something, and nothing was working. So I just kept trying something new and something new and something new, and nothing is working. This is something that is very noticeable when you become self-aware about your emotions, that you'll start feeling anxiety and sadness and happiness and disappointment in very different places than you would have ever previously have noticed them. So inside of us, there's this desire to be something that we're not. So we strive to begin to take on new things to set up a plan, to take action, and then become this thing. And in the process of doing that, we have to say goodbye to a version of ourselves that we have become very attached to. It's somebody that we had been living with for years and years, if not decades, our old self. 
And we didn't want to be that version of ourselves anymore. And unlike the maybe man who was wishing he was, you know, a stone or he was a brain three times its size or a bottle of Jack and a bag of cocaine, in the end, he realizes he just wants to be himself. He just wants to be comfortable in his own skin. He wants to be able to accept himself. And if other people accept him as well, great. But most importantly, he wants to accept himself. He wants to love himself. And I mean, if you go and listen to this, I've created my own dialogue around this. I'm not sure if that's exactly what his point was, but that's sure as hell how I took it. And again, that's the beauty of music is that the lyrics are really meant for us to decipher on our own accord. I don't really care what most musicians were thinking of when they wrote a song. It's what it evokes within me. And what it's evoking with me is this acceptance of me. I don't wish I was anyone else. I want to be me just a smidge bit more comfortable in my skin each and every day. And as I go and I grow further, and again, seven years in, this shit doesn't just get done and fixed in a year. I mean, this is still a freaking awesome freaking journey. I love it. I love these realizations that it's time to mourn the parts of us that we're putting to pasture, that we're saying goodbye to, that we had grown some level of affinity toward that we had begun to love. And even in our worstest of days, there was still a part of us that was okay with who the hell we were because that's why we kept doing what we were doing. As much as we can go back and say, I hated that version of myself. I hated that person. I hated that person. I hated that person. We didn't make any changes. When I really, really, really hate somebody in my life, I definitely don't let them stay in my life. But yet, I want to try to say that I hated and hated and hated myself, yet that person, that version of me got to stay because I hadn't quite yet learned the lessons. I hadn't quite wrapped up that storyline. And now the storyline's done. And there's an opportunity to mourn the ending of that. But what we so quickly want to do in our lives is brush these emotions of mournful sadness or disappointment or depression or just confusion about the ending and want to just jump right into the next thing without processing these emotions. It's in the processing of the emotions that we learn the most. I don't know why I got so attached to the good place and the travelers, but for the last handful of days, I've tried to replace it and nothing is working. And that's good. That means that I learned a great deal from these shows. That means that I got involved in these characters, that I was able to open up a piece of me that said, you know what, I see something in this that's resonating with me. Let me sit in this for a moment. Let me enjoy this. And I get, oh, Jesse, it's just a TV show. There are literally movies that will bring us to tears that we can feel so empathetic or so connected to the characters. There are movies that we will learn the punchlines to and the most famous quotes to and repeat them for the rest of our lives. There are TV shows that have literally changed the way television is done. And while the Travelers in the Good Place weren't necessarily either or any of those things, but to me they mattered. I really enjoyed the process of learning about you know, futuristic people trying to come back into the past to save us from destroying ourselves and actually making it worse. Or in the good place, people who didn't do it so well on earth, learning how to be better versions of themselves while supposedly being punished by demons, but in reality, all along on a journey that was going to take them back to where they always belonged, which was in heaven. I know it's 
fantastic. It's like, it's the magical mystery tour. He's coming to take you away. So, 12 minutes in, and you're still thinking, what the hell is this dude talking about? It's all about accepting who you are in the moment, embracing yourself, also realizing that there's a journey ahead and that the goal in all of that is to feel comfortable in your own skin and be able to embrace and love yourself. At the same time, mourn the version of yourself that you're putting away. Mourn the version of yourself that you will no longer be. You got attached to them. I got attached to these characters. It mattered. And to just immediately have them end and then just flip on another show, which is the way, I mean, we're binge watching society now. You know, we'll binge watch one show, a whole season of something on a Saturday, and then binge watch a whole season on a Sunday. One of the reasons I don't do that with my TV shows is that I try to pick ones that I've read up on the internet. They get a good character development. There's a, there's something powerful and meaningful behind what these writers have put down on paper that these actors can portray. I seek to find shows that will expand me, just like I seek to introduce new things into my life that will expand me. And mind you, I don't find this exhausted. This, is, this isn't something that makes me tired or wore out. If anything, it fuels me. It fuels me so much that I was talking about The Good Place for like two weeks. <laughs> I kept bringing it up. And so as I'm feeling into these emotions and realizing I'm not just going to be able to slide in something new here. I'm not going to be able to bring in the Lazarus effect. I'm not going to be able to bring in community. I'm not going to be able to bring in um, Lock and Key or some of these other shows I've got saved on Netflix. You know, I'm not going to be able to go back and, and watch some of those Apple Plus shows. I just need to be okay feeling this way about something that mattered to me ending. Holy shit, it only took me 14 minutes and I finally got it out. I just have to be okay with me feeling sad about something that mattered to me ending. That's it. To be okay feeling sad about something that mattered to you ending. Feel it. Embrace it. Understand that that's part of the unmuting of the emotions. Flipping on to the next show and just trying to immerse myself into something new to forget how much I was enjoying those other shows, it, that's to me the, like the definition of my version of muting myself. No. No, it, it hasn't worked. Yeah, I watched Gone, Barry, Gone, and I've watched some of that Prime show, you know, Coach Prime show, because sports are different. It's just sports, especially football. But I haven't found anything, and I don't anticipate I will for at least until next week because I feel like this matters. And so where in your life are you not allowing yourself to feel the sadness about something that mattered to you ending? Where in your life are you not allowing yourself to feel the hope that something you'll one day be sad ends is about ready to start? And this is the kicker, because we can say goodbye to things that matter to us, and we get really good and used to doing that, because a lot of things that we don't want to end, end up ending in our lives, and we get used to that level of sadness or rejection. We may not cope with it very well, but we get used to it. We get used to things ending, and like the Closing Time song says, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. We spend a lot of times in our mind wanting new things to happen. 
And then we work our asses off to put ourselves in a position for these new things to potentially happen. And then we feel miserable the entire time waiting for them to happen. When in the process of getting it all together to seize the day, to go after the brass bell or brass ring or golden diamond ring, whatever the saying is, we eat ourselves up with anxiety. We stress ourselves out. We either spend an inordinate amount of time ruminating on the past, feeling sad it's over, or feeling guilty or ashamed that we didn't do it one way when we actually did it another. And then we spend all the other part of our time full of anxiety and stress about what may or may not happen in the future, all the while forgetting that it's in the now that any of this stuff can be dealt with. Do you feel sad about something ending? Then feel that emotion now. I am lucky that I get to shoot a podcast and talk about that thing. You may have to go find a friend or write it in your journal or shoot a quick little video for your reels or your TikTok and whatever it might be. Also, whenever I start getting really excited about something or wanting something new in my life, I begin to start asking myself, well, what is it that I can do now to help myself achieve this thing? What is it I can do right now? A lot of the times what I can do right now is just sit here and think about what is it the plan would be if I wanted to achieve this. So I'll create a plan, or let's say about writing a book, and I can lay out a plan. But simultaneously, I'm also thinking about a plan of what if my life stays the same? What if I don't get the book deal? What if I don't get syndicated on a radio show? What if my life just stays exactly the way that it is? What will I do then? Because I'm not going to stop seeking to achieve greatness in my life, nor do I want you to ever stop seeking to achieve greatness in your life. But if you've got this carrot at the end of a stick that you really, really want, and you're waiting for that carrot to arrive smack dab in the middle of your plate so that you can nom, 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 eat on it, then you might be missing other opportunities, other sticks, other carrots that are right around the corner, that are right in front of you. But you're so locked into the one that you really want, you don't see any other opportunities that might be abound, that might be around, that might be found if you look. And while... One or two of y'all might think I'm speaking directly to you because I talk to you frequently. I am speaking to all of us. There are times in your life when you want to grab a hold of a telescope and you want to see the humongous big picture and you want to start to seek out new things that you might want to do. But I say start with the telescope. Do you want more activity in your life? Do you want more movement? Maybe you want to be doing more sitting. Maybe you want to do more feeling. Maybe you want to do more thinking. That's the telescope. That's the chunked up. As you begin to start to figure out where exactly you're looking, maybe it's a new job and you don't like the one you have. So maybe you want to be in sales, but you want to sell something completely different. Or maybe you want to be in leadership, but you just want to be leading people different. That's more of a telescope. And as you begin to fine tune what it is that you're searching for, then the telescope gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you start to figure out two or three things that you think that you're ready to take on. And that's when you pull out the microscope. See, when I started The Travelers in the Good Place, I knew I liked those shows and I wanted to go back and I wanted to think about what humanity was doing to itself now and what the people in the future might think and how they might want to come back and help us, but in fact, they would just make it worse. 
because it's up to those of us here to make the changes, to make the shifts. With The Good Place, I knew it was philosophical. I knew it was talking about the meaning of life. And I wanted to think more philosophically, and I wanted to think about the meaning of life. Do you see how those two shows are very much connected? Thinking philosophically about the meaning of life and also thinking about what we're currently doing here What is our life creating on this planet and how might people in the future look back at what we've done and question our decisions? This is the kind of introspective work that I enjoy doing on myself. I find it fascinating. Again, no part of this is exhaustive. It's all just such a delicious little journey. So I want you to look in your life. Where are you looking for meaning? Where is it that something in your life wants to be changed, but yet you're not really quite sure? Where is somewhere in your life where something has ended and you're not really sure what to do with the emotions, but you know deep down inside a part of you just needs to stop and feel them? This is what sobriety and recovery is about. Not muting the emotions, not turning on the very next show and getting immersed in it without fully having closure with the other show. And again, show in this metaphor could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a thing, it could be anything you want it to be. Whatever you're creating in your mind, whatever your imagine is drawing out from what I'm saying right now, then embrace that as your point of view, as your perspective. But we have a beautiful opportunity in life to take responsibility for our actions, to choose to make a change, to accept the personal responsibility that means that we don't blame, complain, or make excuses. That we just say, where am I? Okay, this is where I'm at. And then to start deciding what steps to take. You could start with a telescope, a much bigger, broader. Maybe you're always looking through the telescope, so now you want to look at a microscope. Or vice versa, you're always in the chunk down microscopic level, and now you want to look up bigger. For me, I realized that there was a sadness from watching those two shows end. I couldn't just go back and start trying to watch them over again from the beginning. It didn't feel the same. It's like whenever I watch a bunch of Friends episodes, you know, I once watched Friends, um, like the entire series all the way through every single episode. Um, When I first moved out to Huntsville, I just watched it as a way of passing time. Just I needed friends. I felt sad about leaving Los Angeles. And when it was done, I thought I was just going to go back and hit play on the episode one again. But I haven't watched Friends in almost two years because of that. It's like I got what I needed out of it then, and it's always there waiting for me whenever I want it again. Much like the episodes of this show are always waiting for you whenever you need them. Find your best ones. Find your favorite ones. Make a little note and write them down. And whenever you're feeling a little bit sad or a little bit iffy about life, realize that there's, there's always a light. It's just a matter of whether you're turned towards it or away from it. It's in our shadows that the pain lives. Shining a light upon it just gives us the opportunity to shuffle it out in front of us, figure out the good pieces, maybe figure out the bad pieces, figure out the growing pieces, and then put it back together and see what it feels like. See what it looks like. See what it sounds like. But running from our emotions and trying not to feel them, that's who we used to be. That's not who we are now. It's certainly not who I want to be. And yeah, I have a lot of emotions. And I watched um, Pieces of Lucy. took me, I think, three days to finally get the movie Lucy down. And I was really enjoying it. And it's all about, 
if you get access to all of our brain and we could use our whole brain and what we would be able to do with it. And the movie moves very fast. Scarlett Johansson, she uh, gets turned into a drug mule and ends up absorbing a bunch of this stuff. And it's like if she had absorbed like a thousand of those limitless pills from that one movie um, Bradley Cooper did. Was it Bradley Cooper? I think it was Bradley Cooper. And they also tried to turn it into a TV show called Limitless. But the point is, is like it's a whole movie about if you had access to all of your brain. And one of the coolest parts about it that I, I mean, the part that I really latched onto, I think it was in segment two I watched, where it talks about how she doesn't feel anything anymore. She doesn't feel emotions. She doesn't feel fear. She doesn't feel love. She doesn't feel sadness. She doesn't even feel pain. She doesn't feel anything. I was like, that's it. That's what I want. I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to feel emotions. I don't want to feel anything. I just want to have access to all of my brain <laughs> and not have to feel anything anymore. Have all the knowledge at the tip of my tongue and not have to feel one freaking emotion. And, you know, I mean, I'm serious. A part of me was like, how do I do that? How do I become that? I mean, I know it in the psychological world, that's like psychopathic. Um, it's, it's, you know, pathological. No, I don't know if that's the right word. It's, 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 it's whatever. It's got psycho in it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, my brain is fried right now, but I'm trying here guys. And the idea that if, what if I could just shut off the emotions and just turn off, turn on all the brain, but it's, and oh yeah. And at one point she goes, you know, everything that makes us human is fading away. And I thought that's it right there. The things that make us human fade away. And in her case, it was, you know, getting kicked in the stomach so that she ingested all of this drug. But for us, it was the alcohol. It was the drugs. It was the process addictions. It was the substance use addictions that were taking away everything that makes us human. Yes, we're very emotional while we're in our throes of our addiction. We're very, we're very, very almost animalistically human when we're in the throes of our addiction. But that's the key term right there that I just made up. Animalistic. We are animalistic in our humanness. When we're sober, we're able to feel things slightly more grounded. And then we're allowed to introduce the prefrontal cortex and our rational thinking mind into it. And from that space, we grow. From that space, we evolve. From that space, we become the version of ourselves that we've always wanted to be, or in many cases, never even dreamed that we could possibly accomplish. This is one of those episodes where I had a whole idea. I was like, you know what? I'm sad about a TV show ending. And what if I was a bag of cocaine and a bottle of Jack and I got invited to every frat, but when I got older and my good days were past, I would only want them when I was sad. I'm sitting here walking upstairs after dinner with the parents today being like, that's it. I'm going to make a whole episode about that. And somehow I pulled it out. And whether this was a good episode or a less than great episode or the most amazing, consequentially involved, deep impact kind of podcast ever, I don't know. But I feel a bit of a sadness about the TV show's ending. Um, I feel a bit of sadness about the Maybe Man song. Um, I feel a little bit of sadness about the fact that I've seen two squirrels and a dead bunny rabbit in my neighborhood um, this week been run over by other people's cars. And I don't know, maybe it's just that time of the year, you know, where holidays come and there's just sort of a, a, a deepening of the emotions. So tomorrow what we're going to talk about is how to 
feel into our emotions during the holiday season. Because I know for a lot of us, these can be very triggering moments um, because of the amount of, of intoxication that we got during the holidays. But a lot of the times, it's probably from something that didn't happen that we wish did when we were younger or that it, it did happen and we wish didn't when we were younger. But either way, the holidays can bring up emotions. And I guess if there is a moral to all of this, it's be okay feeling sad about something that really mattered to you ending. And then choose to embrace the hope that comes from the new beginnings and not the anxiety of the new beginning. Because either way, a new beginning's coming. It's all about your decision and perspective and your energy towards seeking the growth mindset rather than the fixed mindset that will ultimately determine how you feel as the new beginning begins. As always, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. Shout out to Robert. Glow on, my friends. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.